Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Who are you and leave me alone? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. It never gets easier. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. For me, it was like chewing my leg out of a bear trap. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Just wait till they're teenagers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And before we start, we have a lot of new listeners. Hello, new listeners. It's us. And we are very excited about that. If you are a new listener, we want to tell you that you should hit subscribe in your podcast app or on the desktop, wherever you're listening. It also says follow if you're on Spotify, but be sure to do that. Then we will just be directly beamed to you every Monday and Wednesday morning. And your life will feel a completeness that it has never felt before. You won't have to wonder if there's a new episode. It just will appear for you. We are recording this episode a day late because we had a little bit of a mom fail on my part. Do tell. We were supposed to record two days ago. Well, we've had a series of unfortunate events. I think if you saw me on Facebook, we're having our roof replaced, which is, let me just tell you, the worst thing you can possibly do because it is wildly expensive, involves money you don't have, and... There's nothing better. It looks exactly the same when it's done. Very low enjoyment. It's absolutely killing my soul, but it's so loud and they are still working today. So if you hear some banging in the background, that is why. And (laughs) I had a brilliant idea that we had to get out of the house. I'm babysitting. I'm babysitting. I'm taking care of my sister's two kids. So we went to a high ropes adventure course. If you know what that is, they string like logs through trees and you have to harness in and kind of make your way across. Like it's like an obstacle course, but it's in the trees. And by the way, I want to say the reason you did this, we're like, there's so much banging. I have to get out of this. Right. So that's because of the roof that you went. I was like, I'd rather be on a high ropes adventure (laughs) course with five children than in my home, which is often how I feel, but even more so with the banging. And then one of our participants was having a lot of trouble and had got a little panicked and we could not get him out of the tree. And so I had to text Amy and be like, I'm going to be late to our recording session because there is literally a child stuck in a tree. My nephew's stuck in a tree. (laughs) And so that delayed us to the point where I was. And also, let me tell you, as an oldie locks, high rope adventure course is pretty much the most exhausting thing I've done in 10 months. Like, really, I was. So we eventually could not set child out of the tree to the point where we had to just postpone our recording. And then when I got home, I was so glad we weren't recording because I felt like I'd done like 10 rounds with Mike Tyson. Even Mike Tyson is an oldie locks alert. <laughs> Back in my day. I don't know. I couldn't name a modern boxer. Yeah, I think he's like a Scottish dude, but I don't know who that is. It's like a balancing and then you kind of knock yourself into trees by accident and stuff. It's anyway, I'm exhausted, but my nephew did eventually come out of the tree. Thank goodness. Whoosh. So now we're ready to talk about advice we hate. Advice we love is consider the high ropes course very carefully before going (laughs) or something. Well, don't do a high ropes course on a tight schedule (laughs) is my first piece of advice. And that is advice you should not hate. That is some solid advice right here. We went to our Facebook page and our Facebook group and we asked everybody to tell us what's a piece of advice, parenting or non-parenting related, that you just really hate, that is just the opposite of useful in your opinion. And the floodgates opened. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, often we put stuff out more like, hey, quick question. And you know, the advice trickles in. This is clearly a lava topic that like we struck oil. I'm mixing my metaphors, but like it came gushing out of people. People were like, oh, advice we hate. I've got a million of them. I'm going to come in hot, Amy. All right, go ahead. It's not usually when I say I'm going to come in hot, I'm saying something kind of controversial. This is not controversial, but I feel like it's something that people don't understand. And it is this simple fact that no one wants advice from anyone else, fundamentally. Mm -hmm. I mean, people say unsolicited advice, but like, is there a lot of... That's not true. Right before we started recording, I'm having a little problem with one of my middle schoolers and like some texting drama. And so right before we recorded, I said to Amy... Do you have any advice about how you handled group texts and your kids? It's the first time I'm confronting it. Amy gave me some advice like that is clearly solicited advice on a single topic. Yes. So I guess there is some solicited advice, but most advice is unsolicited. And basically, people don't want your stupid opinion. Keep it to yourself. And I would say that mothers, particularly new mothers and pregnant women get the most unsolicited advice out of anybody ever in the world, right? Like they just people think that because you're walking down the street pregnant or pushing a new baby in a stroller, you really need to hear what they have to say about feeding habits. Oh, yeah. No, resist that urge at all costs. Yep. And even new mothers often complain a lot. And this is something that I feel like I am accusing myself. I can be an unsolicited advice giver. And recently, my sister-in-law is trying to potty train, having a bit of a hard time with it, as I did. And she was saying, you know, it's really frustrating. And with the daycare, you know, of course, the daycare always is like, you got to get out of diapers to move to the butterfly room. Otherwise, you're stuck in the caterpillar room. It's all like pressury and annoying. <laughs> and she was complaining about, not complaining, she was uh, vocalizing about it, I would say. She, she wasn't, you know, whining she was just saying like oh it's a pain and I don't quite and I said is this something that you want any thoughts on and she was like um sure and I said well here's a couple things we tried and she was like okay and then we kind of let it go you know because the thing is kids are also really different you know and people have tried stuff I often have the problem because of being a person who has a podcast about parenting and writing on parenting, that I am occasionally, does this happen to you, like drawn into situations where someone's like, almost drags me over to a conversation is like, this person's baby isn't sleeping. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be in this position. Like, I never want to be in the position of offering unsolicited advice to people. And also what we do on this podcast is say like, this is hard. Let's try to figure it out. We're never like, oh, here is the magic box of potty training for me to hand you at a party. Yeah. It's an opt-in thing. You're saying advice is opt-in, double opt-in for both people having the conversation. And I would even argue that, like, this is not really an advice podcast, you know? I don't feel like we're often like, here is the thing you should do. It's us having a conversation about, like, here are lots of aspects of this thing. Oh, okay, I think we've seen some solutions to it. I think we come up with some good advice, right? But Yeah, but it's not quite like, drag me over to you at a party and I will solve your parenting dilemma. That's not how it works, guys. Here's what we saw a lot of people thinking that there is bad advice, and this is sort of the opposite of each other, and both are true. People got mad at the advice of like, don't hold on, mom. It gets a lot easier that you hear when your kids are little. And they were responding like, no, it doesn't. It just gets different. You just think it's easier because it's a different hard, but it's not the same thing. But it's still like, I think is absolutely true. We also heard from people who really rankled at the people who say it never gets easier. You know, wait till they're older. You're going to find out and said, oh, that's ridiculous. Of course, it gets easier. I think you and I are on that side of the equation. But people were showing up to complain about both being wrong or at least just bad advice. Just don't say it. People can complain about me all they want. I'm firmly team. It gets easier and I'm holding on to that position. I get that like it gets different and there's still really hard parts and it doesn't get easy. But I cannot agree with telling someone with a three year old, a two year old and an infant, it only gets worse, which happened to me several times. And like, I feel that is fundamentally wrong. It's weird. It's people working out their stuff. I remember the same thing of like women coming up to me and being like, just wait till they're teenagers. <laughs> like, you know, they just would like chuckle darkly at me. And I'm like, wait, why are you saying that to me? Why are you doing that? It's like a crone from a fairy tale, like popping out with an apple. Like, leave me alone, crony. Yes. 
So you know what does get easier? People offer you less unsolicited advice as your kids get older. There is certainly advice to give and get about having teenagers, but people don't just show up and give it to you. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe it gets easier is a little bit like pat. I get it. And like a little twee like, oh, don't worry, it gets easier. And of course, like having teenagers driving cars around town is scary in the way that like having a toddler navigating a staircase like, yes. But I don't know. And I mean, mine aren't teenagers yet, so maybe I'm going to rue the day I ever said this. But you will never convince me that 11, 10 and 8, what I have right now, isn't exponentially easier than 3, 2, an infant. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. For me... That's a non-starter. Let's jump in with a funny piece of bad advice. Tara Lynn lives in San Diego, and she says, this is rampant here. Did you try essential oil for fill in the blank? (laughs) An oil for anything. (laughs) The worst is the people who inbox you on Facebook, and they're like, I saw you were having a problem. Have you tried my wonderful essential oil? And you're like, who are you? And leave me alone. She says, "This is whatever it is, it's supposed to be way better than actual medicine or whatever it's trying to replace. I am busting out the Tylenol as poisonous as you might think it is. It makes me and my baby feel better for real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God bless you. I know people who like essential oils and I like a little, what's it called? Eucalyptus. I like a little eucalyptus in my life once in a while. But yeah, have you tried essential oils? Is maybe not the most helpful advice. I'll go in on that. Let's start with some greatest hits. Okay. Don't spoil the baby. Spoiling the baby by picking them up too much. Yep. That you could just ignore. There's no such thing as that. Well, I mean, a hundred years ago, there were books telling parents to do that and it's seriously screwed up. And so there is a little like residue of that still running through things. No, you can't spoil your baby by holding them too much. The word spoiled implies a sort of permanence, right? Like once fruit is spoiled, it's you throw it out. Like, right. It can never come back. Yeah. Your kid is ruined because you held him too much when he was three weeks old and fussy. No, that's not going to happen. Well, the whole theme, I feel like one of our big themes on the podcast is this idea of like, there are doors and one door is the spoiled door and the other door is the regular door. And guess what? I have a kid who loves cookie witches, like, you know, chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches. And he has started eating them. He started, he's 11, so he kind of does his own thing. And I realized he was having one for breakfast every morning, like after regular breakfast, he was having a cookie witch. And I caught him after five days. And I said, yeah, you can't have cookie witches in the morning. You can have one a day and have it in the afternoon. And he was like, okay. It's like, there's no such thing as like, he ate cookie witches for five days and now he's spoiled. Like I made him stop doing it basically. And that's a lot of our theme of advice overall, that these are long winding hallways that constantly interconnect and you can get on a different one anytime. Can we do this one from Teresa? Teresa says she's told there will always be dishes, laundry and housework. All those poems about like, go away cobwebs, I'm rocking my baby. Oh. She, she says, well, yeah, but what if I never do the housework and my house becomes unlivable and everybody's wearing dirty clothes and they take my kids and then I'll have plenty of time to clean, I guess. It isn't good advice because there's so much to do. I think the advice should be you can let a little of it go a lot of the time, not Stop doing the housework, mom. Like, okay, great. Then what? I had a well-meaning neighbor when I had like three babies at one point say, I love how you just concentrate on playing with the babies and you don't worry about keeping a clean house. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that hurt me. That wounded me (laughs) to my soul. But I do think that like living in epic squalor is depressing fundamentally for most people. And so, yeah, like ignore the cobwebs, the baby's precious days. I feel the entire category of the baby's precious days is not interesting to me at all. Yes. I couldn't wait to get out of the baby's precious days. And for me, it was like chewing my leg out of a bear trap and I'm free. And I don't look back and be like, oh. I mean, do I see like chubby, giggling videos of my adorable babies and think, oh, they were so cute. But like, I'm not going back to Shawshank. Like, don't take me back there. I don't want any part of it. Jamie says she hates hearing the enjoy every moment kind of thing that she says it's so very unhelpful when you're covered in barf and nearly dead from exhaustion. And yeah, it doesn't help. You don't enjoy every moment. You The thing is that later on, from the perspective, when you look at like when Shutterfly's like, here's your memories from 15 years ago, you were sitting with a cup of coffee and saying, oh, my gosh, they were so cute. And you're only remembering the cuteness. You're not remembering the exhaustion. You can't enjoy every moment when you're on three hours of sleep for four months running. 
I have a lot to say about that. We'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different and fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, this is the thing. The enjoy every moment advice, it's like biologically impossible and frustrating. And I've used this example before, so I'm going to say it very quickly. But as a very young man, my father, who is now in his 80s, so this is something that happened in the 40s, had a large piece of his lung removed. And because of the medicine at the time, they had a lot of trouble draining liquid from people's bodies. And so with a lesser lung, you didn't want to get any liquid in it. So they made him completely stop drinking for like two and a half days, like almost as long as you could go without drinking and still survive. And at some point he had to stop having visitors. You would think because they would drink in front of him and it would make him crazy, but it was because he couldn't stand to look at people not drinking. Like he was like, how could you be wasting this precious time of your life when you could be drinking <laughs> and you're just sitting there not drinking? But they couldn't drink in front of him because that was torture too. But I think of that story, that is the ultimate version of like enjoy every minute, right? You can't drink liquid 24 hours a day because someday you may not be able to drink liquid because you're having an operation. Like that's not the way it works. And that's not the way enjoying your baby works. Right. Nikki says this enjoy every second thing is a farce. She says, I feel so guilty when she hears this, not enjoying it. In general, I enjoy it very much just to clarify, she says, but I feel so guilty not enjoying it because I'm only going to get to go through this once and I'm missing it and it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Like, could you someday lose your arm? Yes. Should you spend 24 hours a day ignoring your life and stroking your arm and praising its virtues? <laughs> no, not realistic. <laughs> How about, I used to hate this. I'd be out with my kids. My babies were all just I would say bad sleepers, but even that, it's like the judgment of the world. I would like my babies were poor sleepers. They did. They like to get up a lot at night and I believe me, tried all the things, right? I tried each different technique and I just had light, fussy sleepers. And everywhere you go, you know, my daughter would be like five months old and they'd say, she's sleeping through the night for you. And I'd say, no. And they'd say, she's not, you know, like then I had him on top of not getting enough sleep. I had to feel like I had to feel bad about that on top of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I have to say, I've been a little guilty of this only because my sister-in-law is a sleep guru, and she really helped me with a system that really helped my baby sleep. 
And so all my babies slept through the night, recognize that this is not possible for everybody. But I feel like when that was given to me, I was like, oh, I should share this with other people because it helped me so, so much. And there were a couple of people who reached out to me and I was like, here it is. Take it or leave it. We call it the system. I'm like, here's the system. And but I realized that I was a little too into it for a while. And I was like, I have a system. It's incredible. The system, you should try it. I have an email. And I had to course correct on that a little. But you know, there are people listening who are like, there's a system, right? They're crawling through the desert. Yeah, it's tricky. That's a tricky one because I do think that there are things that can really work, but not for everybody. And then they may not work for everybody and this and that. And there's another factor. I mean, the really good advice that I got from a my sister-in-law's mom's a pediatrician and she said you should do everything half what works for you half what works for the baby and so this system involves a lot of like putting the baby kind of away from you and letting it sleep through the night kind of come what may i'm speaking in giant generalized terms please do not do anything based on what i'm saying this is not a good description of the system but for some people it was so anxiety producing that like they couldn't do it they didn't want to do it it cuts down a little bit on breastfeeding some people don't want to do that like it's also that nothing's right for everybody. That's the rule, you know? And nothing's right for every baby. My first baby was reflux and he was a nightmare. With Right. A baby that's got reflux, a baby that's got all sorts of different issues it might not work for. I got a good one here from Lauren. She says she hates the advice, this too shall pass. No dip, Susan. I'm under no impression that my baby will still be waking up 15 times a night when he's 34. But knowing that a hard stage won't last forever doesn't make me feel any better about the hard thing I'm going through now. Yep, this is a good one. They won't be in diapers when they're 40. It's like, right, that doesn't help me when I'm changing no, yeah, man-sized yeah. poop diapers in my three-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> like, that is not the advice I need right now. You know what my sister Molly calls out that she really hates that I totally agree with is the unasked-for side recommendation. Like, if she goes on her town's, you know, Facebook parents page, like, hey, anybody know a great resource for kids' birthday cakes? And somebody has to say, why don't you make it yourself? Why don't you make your own birthday cake, right? Why don't you create a high ropes course in your own backyard instead of paying for it? Like, I didn't ask you that. No. that she lost her mind because she has four little boys and it was when her fourth was a baby and like number two was turning four or something like that, right? They're all like incredibly young. Like the preposterousness of me saying, where can I get a birthday cake? And the response is, why don't you make it? Is like, it's infuriating. I'm going to tack on to that. Abigail's, oh, have you tried mindfulness yoga to help your ADD autistic child? focus and calm oh like it's like this is in the essential oils category right which is like you've got a child who's got very specific needs that perhaps people who do not deal with that do not understand and they're like try yoga you're like what if i try punching you really hard in the throat would that be a good suggestion because that's <laughs> what i'm thinking of right now or just try disciplining your child better right and then they wouldn't be completely inattentive or hyperactive <laughs> I was thinking this the other day in relation to something I don't know what about having, you know, sympathy versus empathy and the ability to see things from another person's point of view. And I just have such a revelation about having had that idea, having had such a clear idea about children before I have children that like, oh, well, all you do is, you know, you don't let them watch a lot of screens and you have family dinners and you discipline them all. And it's like, Oh, there's such a wide range of kids and such a wide range of behaviors in those kids. And that there is always a temptation to say this bad behavior would never happen with one of my children because I understand da 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 da. And that must be resisted at all costs. Mm -hmm. How about they'll eat when they're hungry? This was a popular one. Yes. We've talked about this one. Amy and I both have kids who will not eat when they're hungry. Thank you very little for your advice and go away. Let me give you some reassurance from here. I did have a kid who would not eat when he was hungry. He just didn't eat lunch at school at all. And then, you know, like it was really hard and trying new foods for him was difficult. This kid is now a high schooler who like I can't keep enough food in the house to feed this kid and he will eat just about anything because he's so hungry all the time. For me, it got better when he got 
hungry. He hit puberty and got hungry. So if you're hearing this and you have a kid who won't just eat if you let him be hungry enough, if he's just hungry all the time, for me, it kind of self-resolved with time and work. I mean, you have to push against it a little bit, but the idea that they'll eat when they're hungry is always said by somebody who has never experienced a picky eater. I mean, go back and listen to our Piggy Eater episode because there's a lot of things like this. But I feel like every year I have a theme that emerges and it usually emerges around April or May for me. And one year it was the double edged sword. Like, that's right. Everything is going to be a little bit good and a little bit bad. Like that was my theme one year. I can't remember a lot of them, but I always think to myself like, oh, this is my kind of year's theme. I don't know if I make it up. I don't know if it comes to me. I don't know what happens. But my theme has emerged for the year. And my theme this year is I don't show my work. Like I constantly have the problem of like people coming and being like, you know what you should have done? And I'm like, listen, I'm a person of a certain age. I've been working professionally in a couple of fields for a really long time, and I know what I'm doing. So if you hire me to do a job or you ask me to serve on a committee, I will present you with my findings and I will do a good job, but I will not go back and justify all of my choices to you that led me to this moment. Mm -hmm. At the age that I have achieved, I no longer show my work. Mm -hmm. You either trust my work or you don't trust my work, but like, don't ask me to go back and reconstruct for you why, you know, it's the thing where people come in, they're like, well, why didn't we do that in blue? And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go back four steps and be like, we tried these six things and da, 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 da. I had a job that I was hired for that I had this problem with and it was extremely frustrating. And I feel like parenting advice fits into that too. Like, well, why don't you just feed them different foods? And it's like, I'm not going to show my work. Yes. I'm not going to show you that for six years we have been working with this kid who's got some sensory issues on trying being able to tolerate being in the same room with rice. (laughs) For two years, we did that. And so now he will occasionally take a bite of rice. But don't come at me six years in with, why don't you just try feeding him different foods? I don't show my work, get out of my face. I love that. You don't have to say the get out of my face part because sometimes that gets people mad, but... I love this one. I'm going to change the name to protect the innocent here. I'm going to say that Julie said this. I only hate it because my mom says it all the time, but it's always something. This is the, it's not even really bad advice. It's just a sort of aphorism. Every time I try to vent about something in my life, my mother breaks everything down to, it's always something. I find it infuriating. Is this just me? My mom doesn't say this, but it would infuriate me. Does it mean like it's always something with you or does it mean, oh, this is how it's always going to be. It's always going to be something. I think that's what it is. I think she's trying to say this is an issue I'm having with one of the kids. And her mom's response is, well, it's always something. Yeah, that's quite annoying. I definitely think much like in the two kinds of people that there was a lot of throwing husbands (laughs) under the bus, like people who put the trash away and people who leave it on the counter parents my husband close parents there's definitely some calling out of the mothers and mother-in-laws in this advice yes all right and let me just say we we did this on the in-laws episode and we haven't done like a mothers and daughters episode but i would say again in that nobody wants your advice people really don't want advice from their moms and mother-in-laws i'm sorry they don't it's too loaded. It's loaded. And especially when it comes to, at least in my experience, I breastfed my kids. And that was something that to my mother and mother-in-law was just not familiar, not bad, just unfamiliar. And so I remember when my first was very little, this was actually one of my husband's aunts, not even my mother-in-law, but she was watching him nurse. And she said, so how many ounces is he getting right now? And I said, well, I don't know. And she's like, you don't know? So how do you know if he's getting enough? I'm like, you kind of watch how many diapers you get in a day. Like she was so shocked and me trying to sort of walk her through like, it's okay. You don't put the powder in the bottle and shake and measure it. She just couldn't believe and held her tongue. But I could just see she couldn't believe that I was actually going to try to raise a baby this way. It sounded like I was like leaving him on the hillside in terms of knowing that he was going to be okay. You see what I'm saying? And it just was such a chasm. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is what we talked about in the whole in-laws episode, right? Which is like, they raised their kids and now they're watching a human being that they did not choose raise. Yes. Yes. What are essentially their next set of kids, you know, their grandkids who are so dear to them. And it is hard to be like, that's not how I would do that. You know, and I mean, we all have that, like all our family is very extended. And sometimes, you know, members of my family will like correct or 
not really yell at, but maybe yell at my kids and stuff. And of course, it gives you that feeling of like, that's my (laughs) human that you're talking to or disciplining or telling what to do. And that's not how I would do it. And I have to fight my instinct to stop other people from doing that with my own kids because I feel like they're often correct and it's fine. But the mother, mother mother-in-law role, you're just constantly stuck in that mode of like, why would you do it that way? It's insane. Right. They think the way you're doing it is insane. And you're like, that way was also insane. Like spanking kids or making them stand in the corner or like all that stuff that we kind of don't really do anymore. There's sort of like This is bonkers. Right. Just spoiling the baby. You're holding him too much. You're kissing him too much. Right. Like all of that stuff that they were told. You're walking around with him strapped to you in a carrier. You know, like I know uh, my mom came around on that. She actually I have pictures of her carrying my third like in a, you know, like a wrap because my daughter just loved it so much. She just wanted to be like carried all the time. And it was so easy. But they came along with me on that journey from thinking it was just like completely cuckoo to okay I guess it works and while we're on that topic all of the my child never advice you can take that with you on your way out the door (laughs) my child never cried my child ate everything on their plate back in my day we this we never uh, not in my house uh no thank you Keep it to yourself. Also not true. Also, that is a selective memory. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? And that's the classic. Like, I enjoyed every moment with my precious angels. I just am like, either you're clinically insane or you're a liar. Those are the only two options there because nobody enjoys every moment of this terrible thing. It's terrible (laughs) sometimes. And also... I don't even think it's desirable. I am not even interested in that goal. In enjoying every moment? Yeah, like, what, are me and my kids going to be best friends and enjoy every moment together? No, like, they should want to get the heck out of my house when they're 18. Like, we have some good times, we have some bad times, it's another part of life. Like, welcome to the real world. My kid once said to me about school, I said, how was it? Oh, some good days and some really bad days. And I was like, yeah, welcome to the rest of your life. That's it. Some good days, some really bad days. But it's not like, we don't enjoy every minute together. What an insane thing to say. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I have some relationship advice. It's really bad. That's really bad. Wait for it. (laughs) Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty-calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero-gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how All of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life stucks. (laughs) 
And now, from the What Fresh Hell podcast, bad mom advice. Wake your baby up to feed it every three hours, no exceptions. You should have another baby to keep this baby company. Sanitize everything. Sleep when the baby sleeps. Just bring the baby to the bar. No one will care. You should have a baby to win your boyfriend back. You can't get pregnant during your period. You shouldn't cuddle the baby so much. You're going to spoil him. Don't drink coffee while you're pregnant. It will turn the baby's hair a weird color. To bring you and your husband closer together, you should have a baby. You should never let a cat near a baby. Everyone knows that cats hate babies. Put some rice cereal in her bottle. That'll get her sleeping through the night. You can't get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. If your kid bites you, bite him back. Listen, if your kid does not make the elite squad by the time they're six, their career in sports is over. This has been Bad Mom Advice from the What Fresh Hell podcast. A little whiskey in the bottle never hurts. Okay, Amy, hit us with some really bad relationship advice. Well, it's a classic. Catherine says, don't go to bed angry, that that's just terrible advice. She says, sometimes things seem better or less angry in the morning. Like, absolutely go to bed angry. Or maybe go to the couch angry and just start over in the morning. My Aunt Terry, who was on the podcast a while back when we did a mother's episode, this is her favorite go-to. And it's terrible advice. Wait, Terry's advice is her go-to is don't do this. Is go to bed angry. Like, never stop going to bed angry because I tend to be a night person and my husband's a morning person. So my husband gets in bed at night and literally he's like, I think I'll go to sleep. Like he is so tired at night. He falls asleep in a second. And I tend to store up my day's worries and concerns. Oh, like you ruminate. Yeah. Uh huh. And I'm ready like a cannon at 1030 at night to just start shooting those directly into his face. <laughs> you never cared about me. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching these things like cannon out into the sky right now. Yep. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the cannon is just loaded. And then at 1030 at night, I'm like, you <laughs> disrespected everything I've ever been when you forgot to take the trash out. And he's just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, it doesn't sound to me like you mean you're sorry. I mean, we get it. <laughs> when we were first married, I am embarrassed to remember how many times I made him go to the mat until like 2.30 in the morning with like a litany of his flaws. And he would just sit there like, I'm so tired, I want to die, you know, yeah. and just anything. And a friend of mine gave me advice too late, but it did save me. She said, oh, yeah, we finally passed a rule. No discussions unless your feet are on the floor. And I was like, that is great advice. Mm -hmm. Like You never discuss things lying in bed because it's and then literally I wake up the next morning and I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't really care about that stuff. I was just wound up. And he's like, oh, really? Because I got four hours of sleep and now I hate your face. Yeah. Go to bed angry. It's totally fine. Yeah. Well, that's right. Exactly. That's what you're doing. You're like you're discharging your, you know, anxiety onto somebody else. And then right. Then you're then they're awake. It's not that you don't have a right to be angry about the thing that you're angry about either. It's just like as you get ramped up, then you start fighting about the thing from six months ago and just like just take a powder, everybody go to sleep. And then in the morning, you still have that valid point that you started with, but you can address it rationally. Yeah, I feel like this is old lady advice, but whatever I am, I think I'm like 12 years in or something to marriage. We just have basically stopped having those fights too. You know, I'm occasionally like, you really annoyed me when you did this and you really messed it up. And he's like, I'm sorry. And he's occasionally like, here's the thing, please don't do this thing. But I feel like the I wish you were a different person fights 12 years in. We've kind of gotten the message that like, oh, that's right. That's never going to happen. Let's just stop talking about it. This is some bad sort of quarantine related advice that I think is a good one here. So Sarah is a working mom with an essential health care job. So things are like a little intense for her right now. And she was told, I always feel like the more time we spend together, the better our relationship is. <laughs> no. Okay, I can see that happening. And probably you shouldn't extrapolate quarantine truths that then you can then blithely say to somebody else without knowing their situation. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't know other people's situation and leave them alone. I feel like while we're on the deeper topic, yeah, I liked these ones on people talking about loss and bad advice that they got. At least you have those wonderful memories. God needed another angel. Everything oh. happens for a reason. Loss is a really hard thing. And I feel like I 
am always of the mind that you should reach out to people who have had a loss. And often people feel like, I don't know them that well. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so I don't love to pick on people who give bad advice at awkward times because sometimes people just need something to say. Right. But there is some bad things to say. (laughs) But maybe, I don't know if it was you that said this or somebody else that said, like, what's important is that you reach out. Like later on, the person will remember who reached out more than what the card said. But I do have sort of stock phrases that I think I sort of stick to in these moments that feel safe and good and are maybe a little stodgy, but they're not. At least you have all the wonderful memories. Well, I had an experience. We lost a family member in a really tragic way in a way that made people feel awkward about it was the kind of death that people did not know what to say in response to in a very specific way. And I remember the person who was the lead, you know, mourner in this situation. I'm trying not to give too many details. And she just earned my eternal respect because people came in and said insane things, really wrong things, really bad things. But she said to me later, she's like, I just made a commitment to myself first thing this morning that everything that came out of people's mouth, I would just hear, we love you and we miss him. Wow. And it just moved me so much that she had the ability to do that because people said things where I was like on the borderline of tackling them. Like, how could you say something so stupid and insensitive and like ugly? And but the fact that they walked in the door and tried, I felt like she was able to give them this beautiful grace. And it I try to keep that in mind. People because are, yeah, people get so weird around death and they're like, well, God needed an angel. And it's like, what a stupid thing to say. Like, this is a child who died. Like, how dare you? Whatever. I see both sides of this one. And I do think the only reason I don't like bagging on people who give horrible advice at this time is that I am team like walk in the door and try. I guess it's the takeaway is advice is not something that's being asked of you in that moment. That's right. Don't give any advice to say, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I feel really sad. And then the other thing that I would say, and this is somewhere else, and I don't know if I can find it while we're talking about it, but walk in and say, I would love to come next week and sit and have a cup of tea with you. I would love to come next week and bring dinner for you and the girls. I would love to come next week and do your laundry and put in a real offer out there that's helpful. Don't say, because this is another thing people do all the time, new moms, whatever else, Let me know if I can help, like offer concrete help that is easy to say yes or no to. And then if people say no, that is a no. Do not come over and do their laundry if they said no. But I think that's a good guideline. Walk in, say, I am so sorry and I am so sad. And then make one offer of a concrete thing you could do to help. And don't say God needed another angel. Everything happens for a reason or at least you have wonderful memories. Don't try to fix it, I guess. Yeah. Nobody's asking you to fix it. Nobody's asking you to fix their cranky baby either, right? It's we're all asking and they say that women want this and don't usually get it from men just to get completely gendered. But the way we speak is gendered that women want empathy. Women want that sounds hard. Everybody wants that sounds hard instead of you know what you should do, right? Just stay in the that sounds hard place longer. Yeah, I think that we could take that out to 30,000 feet and be like, keep your advice to yourself. Mm-hmm. Make concrete offers to help and be helpful, but you know what you should do now. Uh, leave it alone. How about unsolicited advice? This is a rough one. Tony wrote in, people give me advice on the litany of reasons why my only child needs a sibling. You know what he needs more than a sibling? A living mom and parents who can afford to pay the bills. (laughs) Keep it to yourself. Yes. This is another big case of like, you also don't know people's business. You know what I mean? Right. Why haven't you guys had a kid yet? Like, you don't know what's going on there. Secondary infertility. There could be all sorts of things going on. You don't know. Just keep it to yourself. It's not... I mean, I don't want people to feel like, "Ah, everything I say is wrong. I guess I won't say anything. But I do think that don't make assumptions about people and don't, I mean, this is something I say all the time, right? Let's stop greeting each other by making comments about other people's weight. Yes. I am not interested in what you weigh and I do not want you to be interested in what I weigh. What I weigh is none of your business and what you weigh is none of my business. If you've lost 150 pounds, I'm going to say to you, It is nice to see you. (laughs) If you've gained 365 pounds, I am going to say to you, 
It is nice to see you. I don't know what's going on with you and your weight is none of my business. And I think I can extend that. I mean, I've been banging that drum for a couple of years now, but I think I can extend that out to like how many children you have is none of my business. You know, mm-hmm. how many hours a night your kid sleeps is none of my business. If someone comes to me and says, I am really having a problem. I have a three-year-old who doesn't sleep through the night and it's freaking me out and I don't know what to do and I can't go on like this. Do you have any advice? I will sit down and say, here's what I know about this and here are some things you can try. But other than that, mind your business. Yeah. I just think it's something I used to always when I was, say, like in an elevator with a pregnant woman, right? Or seated next to her at a dinner party. I don't know. Like I thought you had to talk about it. It was just sort of incumbent upon a polite person in society to say, do you know what you're having? When are you doing? Boy or a girl? You know, all that kind of stuff. And I just think that there's something about pregnant women and new mothers that society still thinks that they need, let alone want, unsolicited advice, that they need to be fixed and addressed instead of just said like, hi, how are you today? Right. It's really charged. And I just spent time with my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law just had a brand new baby. I got to meet the baby with masks on. It was very, very exciting. And I restrained myself. I just said, how you doing? And she's like, I'm doing okay. And I said, good. I'm so glad. Right. And I didn't talk about cabbage leaves for breastfeeding. I didn't even ask if she needed advice. I just said, how are you? And she seems pretty good to me. And I think that's really what we want, right? We don't want somebody to tell us how we could be doing it better because that's litany is going in our heads all the time anyway. I agree. And I'm going to finish, Amy, with the mother of all bad advice. Okay. It's advice that comes up again and again in many situations. And a lot of people wrote about it. It's kind of the flip side of enjoy, but it's the advice of don't worry. Stop worrying about getting pregnant and you'll get pregnant. Oh, medically untrue, as it turns out. Yes. Yes. I hated that because I'm like, if not worrying was all it took, I would have been pregnant nine months ago. Thank you. Thank you for telling me not to worry. I wasn't worried a year ago and it didn't work. Right. Yeah. Don't worry. That's a bad one. Oh, don't worry about, you know, your bad birth experience. You have the treasure, your baby. It's like, no, that's not actually how it works. Like if I had a traumatic birth experience, I may be Mm -hmm. still dealing with that. It doesn't mean like I hate my kid or I don't realize that I'm glad I have a healthy child. Just be glad the baby's healthy. Well, I can be glad about that and pretty traumatized by what happened back in the hospital three months ago. (laughs) Thank you. I can do both of those things at the same time. Kids are resilient. They'll be fine. You don't know that too, you know? I mean... On the one hand, worrying is a fairly useless enterprise. It doesn't really get you anywhere. But telling people not to worry is very annoying. And I think you should stop doing it if you are doing it. And I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. And then mom worry is a powerful instinct, right? You and I and every mom I know have had moments where we're told not to worry about something. And then that little spidey sense in your head is like, but this doesn't seem quite right to me. And you're right. And if you listen to the first person who told you not to worry and put it on you for overthinking something, then you would have missed it. Yes. Although I put on my list of bad advice, Amy, trust your instincts. That was the worst advice I ever got because I'm crazy (laughs) and I have really weird anxiety problems. And trust your instincts is a terrible piece of advice because I can remember the day I was literally watching an Oprah Winfrey episode in like the 80s. I was maybe in middle school and she like stared into the camera. Some lady had had some guy break into her house in the dark and it was a terrible story. And she said something like, I felt something was wrong when I was going to bed. And Oprah like looked right into the camera and she was like, always trust your instincts. And it seared into my brain in this weird way. And it gave me OCD because like now I lie in bed and I'm like, I think I'm having an instinct that someone's about to break in. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just crazy. So trust your instincts is also bad advice. Amy, I think we need to (laughs) abolish advice. There's no good advice. Right. That's what I'm realizing. It's all bad advice. Trust your instincts is terrible advice because that's also like trust your instincts is like, I know something's wrong because I once read a story that a woman thought it was only gas, but it turned out that the baby had three heads accidentally. Like, uh, your instincts are not always Uh, right either. You're right. So I would just say the advice is get through the day as best as you know how. And stop giving other people advice unless they ask for it in a handwritten note. Yes. 
much like you are not allowed to ask people if they are pregnant unless you see a baby's head emerging from between their legs. Like you don't give any unsolicited advice. And Oprah, don't stare into the camera anymore and tell people to trust their instincts because you ruin my entire existence. The only good advice in the whole world is the advice that mothers are giving one another on our Facebook page and group at What Fresh Hellcast. I will say come to facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast and join the group because that is solicited advice. Right. Really specific. People are asking and I love that on our group especially moms are always like first of all you're awesome. Second of all you might try a little gripe water in the bottle like it always is so supportive and lovely. Yeah. And they give a range of experiences and it's very take it or leave it. And it's not like, here's the thing. If you just stop worrying, this will happen because our people don't give horrible advice like that. Our Facebook group is made up of angels. Yes. I'm very proud of it. We're also on Instagram and Pinterest at Wet Fresh Hell Cast, And we're on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And you can always find us at WetFreshHellPodcast.com. And guys, I'm not going to leave until I say subscribe to us on YouTube. Search yeah. Fresh Hellcast and check out all of our hilarious videos. Our advice is do nothing else but follow us on social media, guys. You pretty much could, yeah. That's our advice, and we're sticking to it whether or not it was solicited. And with that, guys, that wraps up our episode, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Stay well. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us, 